So for the last two Thursdays, I've been offering talks on uh, the five spiritual faculties or the five spiritual powers. Ah. And uh, so the first one uh, was on faith. So the, when we... Um, when we cultivate great faith, faith that is um, rooted in what we've experienced, what we've seen. Uh, some of you perhaps have been practicing long enough where you you notice there's no turning back. How many of you have noticed <laughs> that you've you've experienced? so much in this practice there's just no turning back sometimes we wish we could <laughs> you know ignorance can be bliss but um there's a faith that arises from from our our knowing the truth of things even if it's just a taste even when we just get a taste of truth uh that brings in this tremendous power of faith And then uh, the second that I talked about last week was effort, um, our energy and effort, and how as we begin to understand the practice more, we begin to hopefully understand the rhythm of practice, that how we practice is determined by the moment. It's determined by who we are in any given moment, what our experiences are that are arising in our in our awareness, just what's going on in our body, what's happening in our mind, all of those um, aspects of who we are determine on what the amount of appropriate effort and energy that's needed to sustain the practice. And when we understand that balance, that um, you know, we're in this dance with life that's always changing, and so we are needing to adjust constantly to that changing nature, when we become more and more comfortable with that, um, and the effort that is coming from that, it begins to flow. There becomes a momentum in our practice and the energy is great and the effort, um, sometimes it can feel effortless. And from that, there's this uh, wonderful amount of power that comes from that in our spiritual practice against our, our apathy, um, our, our uncertainty, our not sure if we really should uh, even bother, those kinds of feelings. Um, that energy gives us power against that. And I think I neglected to say that the faith power is against doubt, that faith has the power against doubt. So this week... Well, this week, uh, or this evening, uh, is the third power, and that is mindfulness. And they're all related. You know, we're taking a look at each of these pieces of the puzzle, but all of them come together 
for a fully developed uh, spiritual practice. Uh, so mindfulness, um, you know, mindfulness is an interesting one because it's so popularized right now, uh, in in just in around the globe. This uh, secular mindfulness, mindfulness and uh, um, psychology, mindfulness in education, mindfulness um, in in healthcare system, business, uh, child. Discipline, um, it's in everything that we can imagine. So mindfulness, that term is everywhere. The reason for practicing mindfulness really varies. Um, and even the intention behind teaching it is really varied now. Uh, sometimes mindfulness is taught uh, to create better work production. Um, sometimes it's taught to combat a particular um, physical uh, discomfort or illness. Um, sometimes it's just for uh, bringing down our stress levels. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But what it's lacking is the acknowledgement of the power of mindfulness. Uh, what it, it can be for, which I often find, and I, I teach in the secular world, uh, quite a bit, and I, I find I can only go so far. When when people start asking me more deep questions, or they're really questioning uh, their their life in a really profound way, I can only go so far with the secular stuff, because uh, it's not uh, it's not being held or it's not being rooted in a greater understanding of what mindfulness is actually a part of. Uh, I just used the, the metaphor of a, of a puzzle, that it's a piece of the puzzle, or maybe it's a piece of a mosaic, a giant mosaic of coming to understand the truth of things and what that means if we do understand the truth of things. So take a moment and think about why do you why do you practice? Why do you come to practice mindfulness if that is your your practice? I'm assuming that most of you have a mindfulness practice or you are curious about it. What is it that um, brings you to that? Is it more happiness? Yeah, uh-huh. It feels like a safe. Mindfulness, practicing mindfulness feels like a safe place. So it's like a, it brings in a refuge for you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Any others? Yes. Helps you focus. I'm going to repeat this because it's being uh, recorded and so everyone can hear. So helps you focus um, better on what's happening in the moment. Yeah. Great. Yes. Helps your head from not spinning. I see some nods. Yeah, amen. (laughs) Act more skillfully. Yeah, it does that. Yes. Ah, 
Lovely. So um, you were saying that uh, you started it because you wanted to be more calm and quiet, but you continue it because you're so full of joy from the practice. That's great. Mm. It's very faith uh, building right there. <laughs> okay. Well, these are all these are perfectly wonderful answers. Uh, I want to read to you a quote. Um, this is from Utejania, who is a uh, really wonderful um, Burmese meditation teacher and master. And uh, I'll just say that he uses the word awareness, but he he uses mindfulness and awareness uh, meaning the same thing, which in the Pali uh, is going back to the word sati. So those of you who have been studying. He says, most people don't seem to really appreciate the value of the work of awareness. They tend to think, that the importance of meditation is in the things that they observe. But the objects do not really matter. People also spend a lot of time thinking about the results. They want to experience peaceful states. They want to bliss out. Then they get attached to these states and to the objects they focus on. The real value of meditation is not in getting such results, however enjoyable they may be. Does that surprise you? (laughs) The real value of meditation is not in getting such results, however enjoyable they may be. The real value of meditation is the actual process of being aware and understanding what is happening. The process is important, not the result. Instead of complaining about what is or is not happening, you should appreciate that you are aware regardless of what you are aware of and learn from it. Awareness alone is not enough. Having a desire to to really understand what is going on is much more important than just trying to be aware. We practice mindfulness meditation because we want to understand. We practice mindfulness because we want to understand. Now, that's a pretty developed point of view, actually. I'd say that most people come to the practice because they want more calm or peace in their life. Um, They're searching for more happiness, more balance and stability. Um, They're wanting less suffering. Less dukkha is the Pali word for suffering. And that is, uh, that's a good reason to come to practice. It brings a lot of us here. But it, just like Utejaniya says and points out, it's not enough. At some point it's not enough to just want to be rid of certain things and to have, you know, our... our these beautiful, wonderful states. At some point, we're just chasing one and pushing away the other. And in that, all we've done is landed in our old patterns of being, of pushing away what we don't want and grasping at uh, what we, we think we want. 
That's how we got here in the first place. That sort of pattern. What mindfulness really is about is learning how to understand. It's the process of understanding all of it. The parts of our experience that are really difficult, that are challenging and stressful and unpleasant to be with, maybe even seemingly impossible to be with at some times. It's also about being with the absence of that, those moments that maybe are neutral and uh, seemingly um, benign, those little moments that actually make up most of our day. Most of our day are, is made up of uh, little activities. Mostly those activities are there in, in, uh, uh, as a, towards working towards some kind of goal, to accomplish something, to get somewhere, to do something. And we're focused on what the end result is, and we're not that focused on all these little activities that we go through in a day. We miss so much of our life because we don't see the value in, in those bits. And then, of course, mindfulness uh, is also about understanding and seeing the joy the happiness, the contentment, really understanding it, not just having it and wanting to then move into, okay, I got it. Now I have to protect it. (laughs) How do I keep this here forever? Or, um, you know, maybe experiencing that and just like, okay, my work is done here. And not really letting it in, not letting it uh, be fully known by us. Mindfulness is this practice that excludes nothing, excludes absolutely nothing from our experience. I know for myself as a practitioner, that took me many years to really understand. Because even though I'm sure I heard that over and over again, I wasn't able to really hear it. Because in my mind... The purpose of mindfulness or, or the way that I could know that I was doing a good job in my practice was that I was feeling good. As long as I felt good, then my mindfulness must be right. I'm, you know, doing this well. Um, I get to have my gold star for the day. <laughs> and um, when that happened, it was wonderful. And I just felt like this really great yogi and my, you know, ego would feel better about it. And, uh, and then it would change. And then it was, what did I do wrong? You know, oh, I'm, I'm having body discomfort. Oh, my mind is all over the place. Oh, I've got these really sad emotions going on. I must be doing this wrong. I must be failing at this in some way. Somehow I've done something. And this back and forth, this ping-ponging happened for many, many years until I finally heard and actually listened 
to this uh, truth about real mindfulness or wise mindfulness, right mindfulness. It excludes nothing. If we're really in this practice, we're turning towards all of it as much as we can. In fact, um, really what we're doing is we're, we're getting to know our humanness. We're getting to know what's already there. We're not needing to fabricate it. We're not needing to... Uh, qualify it necessarily in any particular way. We're, if we're just practicing mindfulness, we're witnessing life. We're l- witnessing our own life. The word mindfulness in Pali is sati, S-A-T-I. And the translation of sati into mindfulness, um, I'm not sure uh, whenabouts that happened, but it was uh, uh, somewhere around the time where um, British colonialists were um, interested in the in what in Buddhism and uh, transcribing, and um, uh, there was uh, the translation came from from that time from sati to mindfulness, which has uh, Judeo-Christian roots to it and is a a perfectly fine translation um, for our purposes. But what might be interesting to know that the more direct translation, apparently, of sati is to remember. That mindfulness means to remember. What we're doing here is we're remembering to be here over and over again. We're remembering what it's like to just be with our truest nature in any given moment. That there is something within us that remembers, it knows, it's familiar. So often people come to this practice and they'll say something like, uh, it's kind of like it's like coming home, or like what you were saying. It's it feels safe. It feels safe in this practice. Uh, there's a remembering that's happening. So in certain way, uh, you know, there's this feeling like we're doing, like we're trying to work towards something that we're fixing and shaping, and maybe that's true on some level. But maybe it's more true that what we're doing is just turning towards the experience, turning back towards ourself and remembering who we are in this moment. It's a very different way of holding this practice, isn't it? A lot less doing necessary if we hold it in this way. I find that holding it in this way is much more in aligned with uh, the effort that I talked about last week. You know, this this uh, this doing and gotta try and be mindful and focus on my breath. I gotta focus on my breath and bring it back, bring my attention back, bring it back and stay. I want you to stay. Why can't I stay? That kind of tense 
um, attitude in the mind that can arise uh, by overdoing. It's not mindfulness. It's not wise effort. That wise effort so often I find uh, is needing that tenderness that I talked about last week. That this mindfulness, um, not only is it a, a remembering and coupled with this uh, tenderness and um, ease of being with just the flow of our own nature, that changing nature within us that is connected with the changing nature of everything. But it's this, uh, it's also got this quality of, um, of heart, of connectedness uh, with the moment. There's nothing cold about mindfulness. Mindfulness is deeply connected in this knowing, in this remembering. The act of just paying attention in this way is so compassionate. Especially when what we're paying attention to is on that end of the spectrum of unpleasant. You know, when we are faced with a um, mental storyline or um, some kind of scenario that is deeply saddening or uh, brings incredible fear uh, or we're just so doubtful and confused as to even how to be with this. When we turn our attention toward it and hold it in this way uh, with this kind of mindfulness, it's an act of compassion. Witnessing this is what's happening right now. This is the part of life that is being seen right now. So different from probably our instinct for some of us. You know, it's a kind of a counterintuitive way of holding it to just be with it. You know, more intuitive is probably to try and, you know, get rid of it. You know, something doesn't feel right. Something um, doesn't feel good. We want to figure out, well, how do I cut that out? of my being? How do I get rid of this thing? And it might be that there are aspects of, um, uh, of our patterning that are very much seated in uh, greed, hatred, delusion, our ignorance. Yes, yes, that's all there. But the way to uproot it is not by, uh, it's not through this violent, uh, aggressive attention. When we do that, uh, we just stir it up. It's by turning towards it in this way where uh, it's able to show itself. It's where we can turn towards it and own it in some way. In one hand, we own it. Yes, this is here. I see it. This is my uh, deluded mind. Um, This is my hate. There it is. There it is. 
And in the other hand, seeing that uh, it's not really when we say it's, when we take ownership of it, who is taking ownership of it? You know, what is it that owns this part of, of life? Is this something that is only within you or is this uh, something that is rooted in our, in the humanness, in the humans around us, that it's not something that is just ours? something that is uh, pervasive in history and in this point of time. And yeah, we're part of it. And it's something that um, moves through us. But we own it no more than we own a breath. That as we breathe in, we experience it and embodies, becomes part of our embodiment, and then we breathe it out. And then what? So mindfulness uh, allows us to be with whatever it is that is rising and hold it in this wise way. It's the the wholesomeness, the um, the sila, uh, which is the Pali word uh, for uh, uh, harmony, to live in harmony with the world. And so the more and more we practice this way, Remembering our true self, remembering this true nature, we're becoming more and more in harmony with that, uh, not causing harm. Because if you're in touch with that, why would you want to cause harm? If we really truly know our nature and we can see where we're producing uh, suffering, we wouldn't want to continue to produce it. We would do what we could to to stop that and to cultivate um, this wholesomeness. And so, in the same, it starts to flow out into our relationships and the way that um, uh, we interact with others. Um, perhaps it starts to help us understand better how to handle just the greed, hatred, and delusion that is. Um, just so pervasive in our world right now. We've been talking a lot here on Thursday nights about um, you know, what's on the news, what's going on in our politics, uh, what's happening directly in our communities. And um, it's overwhelming at times. It's confusing. It's easy to get caught up in it. You know, that kind of hate uh, and confusion it triggers our own hate and confusion. We end up stumbling into the momentum of that, creating an us and them, thinking that our us is so much better than their them, and yet they're doing the same with, with us, and it just keeps going. And we fall into that, that trap really easily, and it's so unsatisfying, isn't it? There's just no relief from that. There's no relief. Um, But with the power of mindfulness, this thoughtfulness, really catching ourselves when we're falling into those patterns, um, turning back towards our own true experience, what's happening right now? I'm so triggered. I'm just so triggered by this. 
What's happening? What does that even mean? What's going on? Trying to understand and, uh, and see just the tangle that forms uh, creating this, this suffering within us. Starting to pull the tangle apart and see, oh, uh, it's so triggering because I'm, I'm scared. There's that, the thread of fear. There's um, the thread of what's going to happen next. I don't know if I can handle the uncertainty. The thread of care for those who are being affected by it. Um, And it goes on and on and on. But we can only really truly see that if we stop and take notice. It takes us valuing that process. Do we really truly value that process? We're not necessarily taught early on to value that process. This might be a process that we're having to learn to value. And that takes some time. So our intention with our mindfulness becomes incredibly important. Reflecting on why this is so important. Reflecting on not only why is it important, but that it has meaning. That this does give us... uh, what we need in order to fully not just develop as spiritual people, but be a force in at this point in time. If we really want to uproot the greed, hatred, and delusion in this world, for example, just as we can't carve these parts of ourselves violently from ourself, We can't violently carve these pieces out of the world. We have to turn towards it. We have to bring compassion and sila. We have to be an example of what's actually possible. And like I've said um, week after week, I think that's what's happening. There's incredible suffering happening right now, not just to people, but on our planet. We, our planet will survive us, uh, most likely. It'll keep going, but um, it's not going to sustain us in the way that we keep going because of this uh, greed that is part of of humanness, uh, unchecked humanness. And so there's so much happening right now on a planetary level. Uh, And yet, there's also this incredible awakening in the community. Uh, And I don't mean just the Buddhist community. I just mean the human community. People are waking up in uh, social ways, waking up to... uh, Uh, race and gender and uh, sexuality, waking up to our responsibility to the planet in a new way, Um, waking up to different uh, ways that we create division in a way that I think historically on this level, on this scale, has never happened. Something's happening 
in the face of all this dukkha, all this suffering. And I don't know which side will prevail. I really don't. But I do know that if we are on this path and we are valuing these faculties of the mind and heart, uh, then we are putting something else into the world. That we're, we're uh, doing something that is uh, radically different from those uh, roots that are creating all this destruction. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. We still have our own roots. We're still in the system. But there is something happening. There is a shift in consciousness that we're also part of. So I think I'll stop there. And um, what I'd like to do is have you um, have a chance to connect with others in the group here and um, talk about this a little bit, about your relationship with mindfulness. And to do that, start start by just, if, if you want to participate, if you don't, you don't have to. But if you do, just to turn towards maybe two other people creating groups of three. So go ahead and do that now. And once you find your, your people, you can introduce yourself. Uh, so go ahead and do that. <laughs> Okay. And you can just um, take a little time to um, talk about your relationship to this theme of what I've said so far. You can just see what's going through your mind right now with all of this. How is this um, relating or where is the struggle? Where's the rub with this, this idea of, of holding mindfulness in this way? Um, and just take um, maybe a couple minutes each to to share and then move on to the next person. And I'll keep track of time and let you know when you might want to move on to the next person so that everyone gets to speak. Okay. So if only one person has spoken, uh, then you might 
finish and allow the next person to speak. And if you have a group of three and the last person hasn't spoken yet, um, you might begin to move towards that last person getting their chance. And start to wrap up what you're saying. And thank your partner or thank your group for their sharing and their listening. And we'll come back to the larger group here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hear from, we have time to hear from maybe a couple of you. Yay, thank you. <laughs> um, so you can share your reflections, or if you have any questions, you're welcome to ask them. You had a lot to say a moment ago. <laughs> well, as I was saying to uh, Doug, Nathan, close. <laughs> I mean, you know, what I, I the, the the trap that I fall into in my mindfulness practice is being too mindful of my mindfulness practice. You know, like, am I being mindful enough? Am I, you know, doing it right? That kind of thing, and mm-hmm. you know, and so then. I mean, it's, you know, I know I shouldn't do it, but, but I do it. And I don't know quite, I don't know quite why. I must be getting something out of it, but I'm not sure what. Mm, that's a good question. What are you getting out of it? But, uh, so you mean there's kind of like this prolif- proliferation happening in the mind of, you know, am I doing this right? Self-judgment, that kind of judgy thing happening. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think we all do that to an extent. And um, you can bring that in. 
Be, that that gets to be included. It's not separate from the the whole experience. And so, um, when you notice that's what you're doing, know it. You turn your attention towards that aspect of what's happening right now. Oh, self judgment. There I go. Or you might notice sometimes it's not so much of a like a uh, unhelpful self judgy thing happening. Maybe it's some some form of discernment uh, arising of say yeah maybe I'm I'm not really connected right now. Am I really being mindful right now? And so there could be just some wisdom coming in, um, but you won't know unless you pay attention to it. You know. I've definitely noticed how. Oh, my name's Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely noticed how fleeting mindfulness can be, especially in yeah. those moments when I'm triggered uh, in arguments or uh, moments of insecurity. I feel like oh, I'll have been thinking of mindfulness at that moment, and then something just pulls me back into being reactionary, and especially when I am in the middle of the, those feelings of anxiety, I want to be mindful but and think about where my next actions are coming from. Are they coming from a mo- place of anger or, or insecurity or fear? But at the same time, then I'll be like, oh, I really don't want to feel this way. I want to solve yeah. it. So mm-hmm. it's um, a struggle of opening up and being comfortable within that, that negative feeling. Yeah. And that's how, you know, so much of this, uh, just the way that we're holding it all matters so much. If we're, we're holding it in this tight way of it needs to look like this, and this, you know, it has to look this way. Um, so much of our experience will get rejected. You know, it's not, this isn't mindful, you know, I can't hold this or this, this is something other than uh, what should be happening in my practice. And, uh, you know, those moments of uh, big emotion or uh, frustration or whatever it is that's arising, even if you're, you're really angry about something, it's, that's, we can be, you can be mindful of that. You can be mindful of the aversion that arises. Uh, there's all these different ways that we can just keep opening up our definition of what could be held with our attention. In fact, oftentimes when we're in those states, um, we're usually aware on some level. <laughs> There's usually some some amount of mindfulness, especially if they're strong. So it's hard not to be present with it sometimes. But the aversion is there, and we get tricked thinking that because that aversion is there, uh, that we're not actually being with it. Um, so to look closely at, at, at that and keep looking at your how you're holding the practice itself, what gets to be included and what doesn't. You might, you might see a shift there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Great. Maybe one more if there is one. And 
we'll dedicate the merit. Um, so, um, when we dedicate the merit, we take into account just the wholesomeness of, of practicing together, taking our time to value this this um, type of practice and inquiry. Uh, that it's meaningful. That when we practice in this way, it has ripple effects. It has a way in which it, it affects each of us individually. But then as we go back out into the world, um, it has ripple effects that affect the people we care about, uh, the people in our community. It goes even further than we can imagine. And so in that spirit, um, that this practice is really not just for us, that it is for all beings. We dedicate the merit this evening to all beings everywhere. And in particular, we have some who are on your hearts and minds this evening. Uh, So we'll keep these beings close to our heart and uh, now dedicate that this, um, uh, the merit that we've cultivated together be for them and for all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy and find contentment. May all beings be healthy in their mind and in their body. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be free. May we all be free. for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.